rules are good and you need it, but we're always operating in the gray, you know, that that's, and that's why people get eaten alive from having to be in charge of people or like bigger teams than just themselves. When you're responsible for a, a huge team like that, then it's just like, you have to realize like, Hey, how, I'm stressed out because I haven't invested in these people yet. I expect this outcome, but I haven't invested in it. And that's something that I learned is like, you can't be hard on the, the person. You got to be hard on the standard. And if the standard doesn't exist, then that's your fault. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kid Boy Cooper, and I am so glad that you are here. How you doing out there? For this episode, for this podcast conversation, um, I've got a really, really cool guy who's going to be here with us today. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about our topic. And our topic for this episode is I am enough. Now, that may sound any, that may trigger rather any type of emotion within you. You know, there's a spectrum um, of emotions that are tied to our feelings of enoughness. And um, male, female, or however you identify, there are definitely some spaces in that um in the identity of enoughness that we have to figure out if we want to move forward if we want to succeed in whatever our endeavors are if we want to be connected fully to other human beings or even to ourselves we have to realize that we are enough uh, in order to foster that relationship and so our experiences and our our perspectives um all are generated from our inner personal feelings of enoughness. And that directly correlates to the output of our lives and the things that we're able to build with our lives. So I have a really, really awesome guest with us uh, today. His name is Johnny Perez. Now, some of you all from Fort Wayne may know who he is, or you may know the Mercadito food truck, or you may know Mercado restaurant on the landing. This is the same guy who created all of this. This entrepreneur from the south side of Fort Wayne, uh, husband, hustler, you know, go-getter, has really, really created a name for himself and not too, too long, honestly. Um, and uh, he's here to talk to us about this concept of being enough. And I really, I can't wait. I can't wait. You guys are in for a treat. So, um, Johnny, how you doing, man? Uh, doing well, boss. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Thank you for taking some time to be here. I know that it's a busy time. It's getting warmer and warmer outside. And so you guys, I'm sure, are, you know, working nonstop. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, 
what started this this evolution of being this business owner that you are. Awesome. So kind of take it back a little bit. Um, I was born in California, raised in um, Fort Wayne, uh, graduated from Southside High School. Um, in high school is where I met my now wife. Uh, we went. I went to live on the East Coast for a little bit in Rhode Island, went to culinary school there, came back to IPFW to study hospitality management. And while I was there, I was serving at Biagi's and, you know, um, just kind of working my way through every position in the restaurant, cooking, serving, um, bartending. Um, and we got to a point where I was able to start managing. And um, that's kind of like what set my path for um, taking on a business outside of just a cook or whatever it was. I really wanted to be a chef and um, want to see that through. Um, but as I got more into it, you know, I got to the point where I'm like, you know what, let's start a business, started the food truck um, in 2019. And um, we haven't looked back since, just opened the restaurant about six months ago. And that's kind of like a fast track um, perspective on how we're at, um, where we're at now in 2021. So from 2019 to 2021, you went from having a food truck to having a restaurant and a food truck. Yeah, it happened so fast. <laughs> that is wild, man. That's like 24 months. Like, how is your mental health? I would say that, you know, people always ask how we get it done, but just kind of like you, you get reinvigorated, re-energized with like every, you know, guest interaction or every next, yeah. you know, goal that you set. Yeah, yeah. That is just, that is a really, really fast progression, man. And I think that's really inspiring. People always tell you, you know, oh, take your time, take your time. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, whatever time it is that it gives you, you just got to take well, we that. Actually, yeah. We thought it was going to take like, you know, five years before we got to a point where, you know, we had a brick and mortar restaurant. Yeah. Uh, but somehow the right conversation happened at the right time and we were able to, you know, get this, this awesome space downtown and we're super grateful for that. Wow, man. What do you think they're thinking about you at Biagi's? Like, God. I don't know he's done something. Got away. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of friends over there that we work together and we go visit and say hi. But um, I don't know. Just kind of looking back, I do. I never. I guess I don't reflect on how short of a time it happened in. Um, yeah. But it was just the right time. Yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome, man. Mm. So tell me about what's the first thing you think about? You know, when you when you think about our topic of, of being enough, of being. Um, of being okay with it being you who who did it you know i don't know what your family structure is like mm -hmm. or what the other people in your family do but yeah i would say that when i heard the topic i'm enough it's kind of like uh, having like the mental capacity to absorb what's going around you and whatever's coming is it like is it are you deserving of it also in itself, in itself is kind of where my head goes and then um kind of when i thought of like my lowest moment in like uh, a mental capacity it was like when we were opening a different restaurant downtown and just like the mental exhaustion I've never pushed my mind and body to that degree to like get this thing off the ground and in that moment I'm like almost to a point where I never thought about giving up but my body was where my mind was kind of like removed and was like I don't think you can keep up with this my family was you know saying like are you all right calling me for like mental check-ins and stuff and I'm like man I've never gotten to this point before but, you know, with those conversations and whatnot, I was able to, uh, in a sense, like climb out of that and like get some clarity and, you know, hey, I am enough and was able to, um, I don't know, just 
peek out again and like be able to realize that hey we can get this thing off the ground and let's do it the right way and um i don't know i always look back to that and now opening the food truck and the restaurant there's nothing in my way that feels like foggy or that we can't do it there's no hesitance in my decision making it's like yes or no let's go there's no doubt in a sense yeah because you've pushed past that moment of feeling like it couldn't happen and now that it mm -hmm. has you know you're you're that much stronger on the other side of it but that's also where a lot of people stop right and a lot of people mm -hmm. don't start because they're afraid of that moment sure. you know they're afraid of that moment where you know you cannot see your next step but you're so far in you know the only in there's there's just no options you know which i think again you know you spoke about you know i i your i am enoughness or your enoughness as as being you know the being worthy of of whatever success is headed your way based off of your decision makings you know did you did you learn any of that from your parents uh what what do your what's your family structure like you did you get any of that strength from your from your family yeah so um you know my parents split apart when i was a um, young kid so when we moved to indiana my dad's in california and my mom raised us in indiana and my dad's worked in restaurants and whatnot but i didn't necessarily grow up with him at the same house and then with mom she's a single mother um, was working, you know, little admin, like jobs here and there. But uh, I would say that um, knowing that how they came as like a family, gen you know, being first generation, like, you know, Mexican in, um, in America, like knowing what they had to deal with and what limited like um, opportunities they had kind of like let me know, like, what do I have in my way? Am I creating these mental like um, obstacles myself? And um, make every excuse that I want but I think that at the end of the day I didn't rely on those as a crutch but I'd say that you know family structure wise that kind of showed me that you know there's there's worse things off that people have had to go through and there's no reason for me to kind of like sulk or um, feel like the, the world's against me and kind yeah. of separate myself there I'm like all right if these my parents can make it to this this far with what they had going on then I, I think I should be okay yeah um that's that's very interesting you said am i creating these obstacles for myself am i the one is 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 the problem me you know am i the one creating and telling myself these stories that i'm not enough and the situation is just the situation you know um i think that's that's a really interesting point that you made you know about having to evaluate in, internally like maybe i'm giving too much power to this situation you know, maybe I'm telling myself a story that I can't win in, you know, and and what what did you do when you when you were evaluating this? How was that conversation with yourself? I'd say that um, we kind of when I look in, internally, like, you know, I, I run situations in my head all the time, like interactions with with other people. And um, I I've found that I don't like I process things really quickly. Um, and then in certain situations, it might seem as like, hey, are you, do you not have enough emotion or enough consideration for or, or some, you know, how to process something? I'm like, well, I feel like I've been boost my self-awareness to a point where I don't really give it that much time now to be in fear of it, in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when I started to think about it, uh, like reflecting back now, I'm like, man, I've gotten better, quicker at, you know, evaluating situations and, and how I want to act on them. And I'm going to be 29 this year and just like, 
some people take a lot longer to feel like they've come to this like mental understanding of like things are going on around them and how to approach them. So I'd say that's kind of like um, looking back is how I handle it is like how much time am I gonna give to this the stop process, whether it be something personal or business related. Um, it's just you can't like give it too much investment of your your mental capacity or your mental health, and then it'll start to eat you away. So you're saying don't think about it so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not time. trying. I would say not avoid it, but just like consider the points and get to like the rawness as quickly as possible, and then you get you know you just cut through the fat and realize like what's really at the core, and then you realize like man, it's just it's just like a veneer that I was worried about nothing's even happened yet you know what i mean or <laughs> that's often how it is isn't it we, we worry yeah. about things so much that we manifest them rather mm -hmm. than you know like you said you know giving them smaller amounts of time to work on you emotionally hmm. that's uh that's that's really cool man i think that takes a lot of a lot of just like you said self-awareness a lot of bravery a, a lot of us um you know, maybe anybody from the audience can can relate to this, but, you know, it can be difficult to face yourself constantly. You know, maybe mm -hmm. you might have different traumas. You may have different things that have happened in your life to make it difficult for you to face yourself. So I think what you're saying as far as um, learning to give yourself a limited amounts of time to be in that place like do not give yourself days and days and days to soak on something you know give yourself a small amount of time figure out what it is that's really bothering you and then just make a decision you know I think yeah that's i don't know it sounds like it's like i'm not saying like i skip over it i guess but like if you like schedule your time to be sad or like to be <laughs> then your mind just shuts it out. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. feel like a cloud hanging over you the whole time. Yeah, um, I think it's boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm learning about boundaries in therapy right now. Mm -hmm. And it, and I think those boundaries even have to create, you have, you have to create those with yourself as well. So when you, when you're saying this, I'm just hearing the mental boundaries you put on yourself. Like, we're not going to stay here thinking about this all day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Can't do this. <laughs> That's that's really interesting. So um, another question I have for you, you know, is, you know, how are you how do you feel about is there some I don't want to say imposter syndrome, um, but is there some weirdness around your position down at the landing? I mean, I feel like you're probably the only minority owned or person of color with a business down there. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I guess, yeah, from what I've, I guess, yeah, you're right. Um, I guess also, I mean, the owners of Nawa, um, I would say. Right, okay. Also minority too. Yeah. Um, but um, as far as just like downtown as a whole, um, definitely see that for sure. Um, just that whole thing with the landing, you know, we there's someone that um, I had met in the past that like made the connection with the developers there. And this was when we hadn't even rolled out the food truck yet we got a wrap on it and all we had done was like a couple pop-ups and like kind of like showcase the brand and yeah. they put us in a conversation with these guys and be like hey they're looking for some entrepreneurs in the area you'd be interested in having a conversation in my head i know we don't have the money or whatever it is to like make it happen but just taking mm -hmm. that that conversation absolutely led to where we're at now and there's a lot of attention on the block and a lot of you know like hey there's a you know it's 
the newest renovated part of downtown next to Promenade Park. So there's a lot of expectations and whatnot. And us being as new as a brand and being able to kind of keep up with what's going on in there as far as like the amount of business is coming down and the people and the tension and the opinions that are there. Um, it takes it takes a lot, it takes a lot of people, a lot of energy, but you know, being downtown on there, knowing that we are like, you know, from the neighborhood, as I always tell people we're some neighborhood kids and you know, just because we're here doesn't, you know, mean that we're <laughs> people, the moment they see like uh, a restaurant on that block, it's like, oh, this is just like the, up, the uptown type stuff. And I'm like, hey man, we, you know, we we everywhere and like we want to show a piece of our personality, but I think being on the block sets, you know, sets our, uh, I don't know, our expectations higher for the team and how we want to operate at is that, hey, we can be up against anybody else um, and make sure that we're, I don't know, just being good people, be hospitable, but I could see that being on the block and where we're at as people I'm like, man, do we deserve to be here? Do people think we deserve to be here? But yeah. I mean, you'd absolutely deserve to be here and your product is amazing. Um, I just think it can be, it can be difficult being the only in the room quite often. And uh, I don't know the owners of Nawa, um, but I think Nawa is cool. Um, but I do know you and I do know some of the struggles that black and brown people face, especially being in the type of rooms that we can be in when we are representing ourselves or our brand or, or not settling for the status quo, not, you know, or, or being disruptors, which is, you know, what you are, you know, you, you brought out a brand that kind of disrupted the whole food truck thing because it was super great and then it was also there was a scarcity to it too i don't know if you meant to do that but there was a real scarcity around mercadito and so it was like a rush every time you guys would go somewhere which i thought was incredible uh which i was absolutely thrilled that you guys actually were gonna have a location that you couldn't just run from so i was like okay mm -hmm. awesome and it's in walking distance <laughs> you know but um but i mean i think that can be that can play some tricks on you. You know, what's what's been something you've learned from uh, operating in those kind of spaces? Um, I'd say that it's kind of growing up in the industry now. You know, people don't realize I've been doing it since I was like 14 years old. So um, working in a restaurant specifically, I would say you're always with a lot of like ethnic people in the back of house. Um, it's kind of, I would say just by design, it's always been that way. And then you got the front of house and it feels like two different worlds where you have a lot of mostly non-ethnic people in the front. So you live in this dynamic and then you look at the back of house and you got someone who, you know, hey, I just got out of jail. I need a job. Hey, they're the dishwasher now. Um, you have someone in the front of house says, hey, they're a high school greeter now. They're working in this ecosystem that it would not work in any other environment. You can't work in an office or a retail store where you get the same I would say like, um, I would say diversity, right? Economically, socially. So then kind of like me being in other spaces where it's me representing our business and whatnot, I have like a, just a huge sense of comfort because then I feel like other people's thought process are a little bit more expected in the sense where, uh, you know, are they taking advantage of me or do they feel like they're providing a service to me that wouldn't normally be available? Do I know my worth? So when I, when I think about how I just grew up, grown up, it's kind of like, I feel like I've kind of been weaved into it where like now it's just that you just kind of approach every situation, whether do I consider myself as like my, my ethnicity and whatnot when I walk into a room and now it's just like, Hey, I'm just going to represent me who I am and take, they can take it for what it is, but I'm not sure yeah. if that kind of gives you the right angle on where I'm coming from, but yeah. yeah. 
I don't know, it kind of started a long time ago as far as feeling comfortable in that those spaces. Yeah, I think that's that's very interesting that you said that spectrum uh, of diversity, you know, because, you know, when I used to work um, as a server, that was exactly the case. You know, you have people in the back who, who knows what they've been up to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have sure. some sketch dishwashers. <laughs> but um, at the same time, you know, you have people in the front who are completely different. But they, some of them are super sketchy too. Don't know how to show up for work, and you know, just like. <laughs> so I, I hear you, man. You know, just walking into rooms as yourself and knowing that you're enough, regardless of who's in there. You know, mm-hmm. I can handle any types. I know all types. So what? What you got to say? You know what I mean? Like, sure. that's a that's a measure of confidence that you're knowing who you are gives you. You know, and I think for any of us. Um, especially those listening, you know, wherever you are, you know, you knowing who you are is, is so important uh, and what you provide and the value that you bring with you everywhere you go. It doesn't matter who's in the room with you. You still are, are, are valuable. Um, and that's, that's a difficult place to be in sometimes because we receive so many messages from people about what we should or shouldn't be or should or shouldn't do, how we're supposed to look or dress or, you know, and that's, it can be hard to be just that, just exactly yeah. who you are. Um, I think growing up, um, I, my mom always kind of made us feel like we had to be like, the quietest one in the room to not be disruptive. And it, it took me years to get out of that mental, like, um, like enclosure. And it's like, don't, don't look at anybody, don't talk to anybody, just look down and, you know, just, you know, whether it be the store or whatever we're at. And I just felt like very, I don't have the sense of confidence to like approach or ask for like, I don't even directions or what aisles this because, you know, we were there to like, you know, we're five kids, you know, my mom didn't want anything, any other issues besides just watching us. So getting, and it wasn't until high school, college time where I felt like more confident in like speaking up or, you know, being in, involved in like, I don't know, conversations where maybe I, we didn't have the upper hand or, you know, it's just, I don't know, definitely it's just it's changed. It hasn't always been like that. And that's the thing, isn't it? You know, I think that happens with a lot of moms and, and, and dads who are just trying to protect their kids. It's just like, just just be chill. We're going to be in and out of here. Don't touch nothing. You know what I mean? Like, And that's that was the, those are the messages I received, too. You know what I mean? It's just keep, you know, keep your hands out your pockets. We're going to go in here and we're going to get out. And so, you know, learning to take up more space with confidence, um, that is an adjustment, man. That is that is an adjustment mentally emotionally um and i think you're 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 clearly a master at it at this point man um you're the the growth chart pattern that you've been on man it's incredible it's really really inspiring so when did you well how, i'll put it this way in the midst of everything that you're doing um, that you've been able to grow and, and the success that you've had, what's the one thing you wish someone had told you not to do or something you wish you could change? Um, I would say like when we first, my wife and I were talking about doing the, um, the food truck is like, I wanted to do a, um, a restaurant, but you know, we would, like there's a lot of money it takes to do that, obviously. So then uh, this is 2019, I was working as the head chef at a restaurant downtown at the time. And I was about six, seven months into that position. And in my head, I was like, do I see this through all the way longer? Or do I know now that I'm ready for something else? 
And so the the part that um, I'm not sure it was something that didn't tell me, it was like, it was more like, hey, just get over your idea of wanting a restaurant. Let's do a food truck. It might be like this whole full-fledged thing that you wanted it to be. Um, so I was in my head thinking I was starting with a lot less of what I really wanted. But in the end, I ended up being what led to where we're at now. You know what I mean? So when I think of like, I wish someone that didn't tell me, I guess, or wish you would have told me, um, I don't know, just kind of maybe doing it sooner or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, think of you having a salary and this and that, it's like, it feels, it feels nice. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, we can't do this because then we have all these bills, this and that. And once that whole fear, like, you know, to like, just, just go for it, let's do it. It's like, all right, we're jumping in. And that's kind of like where, where landed us here. Otherwise, I, I think I'd still be, you know, in a more safer position um, mm. career-wise. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying you wish someone had told you to jump earlier. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I wish I would have done it a lot sooner um, just because, it, I mean, obviously, I think it feels great getting to where we're at right now. But then I think back, if I didn't have those other experiences, would it have been as easy to understand the industry where we're at now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as like the experiences that I had while working for the other stores, you know what I mean? Like now I don't have to like learn those along the way at 22 years old. Now I'm doing it like at, you know, at 28 where I have more experience, but would it right. have, you know, would have, what would have happened if we did sooner, you know? Right. Right. That, and you never know, man. I think there's the, there's always that gray area between concept and reality that can be grueling because you're looking at what you have and then you're constantly being shown the vision that you have in your head and it's just a lot at least to me you know i I've, i constantly find myself looking at everything that is around me that is physical and it's barely as real as the things that i see in my head and the things that i know i'm trying to manifest like it doesn't seem as real to me as as what is inside of me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So operating in that disjointed reality where you're constantly just presenting yourself as present, but you're not really. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I think people ask all the time, like, oh, you have a truck now, you have a restaurant. And I'm like, there's no like deep sense of fulfillment from like getting that check mark, I guess. But now, like, my selfishness as far as, like, getting fulfillment is by, like, creating opportunities for, like, staff members or whatever it might yeah. be. And it's, like, in physical form, everything looks great and, we, you know, we're able to do what we're doing. But I'm, like, at the core of, like, who I am or who I want to be, I'm, like, this can't be it, you know? This has... Yeah. got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Wow. So, you said that you had to kind of break out of the box of... of, of you know that your mom out of love and protection for her kids had all y'all in which yeah. you know we know how that is you know and and i don't think there's anything wrong with that this is no shade on mamas just protecting their babies but for sure. at a certain point you have to leave that that enclosure as you put it mm -hmm. uh, how did you do that how did you overcome the limiting beliefs about your enoughness your enoughness to take up space your um enoughness to say i'm going to leave this secure job which no job is secure they can turn around tomorrow and fire you period mm -hmm. if there's no it's not secure i hate when people say that anyway <laughs> um like you can you how, how do you 
how did you break out of that? How did you overcome that and 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 have the confidence to to move forward into the food truck or move forward into just taking up more space? Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in a funny way, I think back to when we were little, we would go to like the like the Chinese buffet, and like my mom would like make us lie about our age, right? <laughs> and they would ask like, "How old are you?" Whatever, and like. I would always be so scared that I was gonna say the wrong number or whatever it is. And like my mom would get mad at me. And it was to save, I don't know, three bucks per person. And I think in my head, I'm like, why was this such a tense situation? And it's because we had to, in a sense, liars lie in a way to benefit like being able to eat out. And I'm like, hey, we kind of set that up for ourselves. So when I think about now and I'm older in situations, it's like, I'm not gonna like, restrain myself or like lie my way out of something because it's going to feel a lot worse and I would say it wasn't till like throughout high school and um I'd say like I never like spoke up in class even like you know I got my decent grades or whatever but I never went out of my way to make myself known or to like answer a question um and in college starting going to culinary school I'm like man like just learning the anatomy of like animals and whatnot and how to like you know where you cook them and cut them to make sure that they're tender this and that and i'm like man i'm actually pretty good at this and that's where i started to feel more confident in my knowledge base and like being able to raise my hand more and like speak up and like question the the professor this and that and and after that it's kind of like a light switch you know i started like to speak up in like our communications class and whatnot um it was just like literally like just testing it out and it wasn't until i felt like 80% 80% confident in like topic at hand but now in like um, situations where we have like a I don't know like a county meeting or like some kind of other zoom meeting with like the downtown improvement district or something it's way easier to speak up um, not because I have confidence in the, the topic but I've been practicing speaking up more often since since college you know what I mean Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. And it was just kind of like a muscle that I had to work out to get it stronger. It happened to have the topic ended up being in food, but now I was able to apply that confidence in like all types of conversations and different, you know, style of rooms, depending on what we're talking about. So that would, I would say that's kind of where like I, I started to really blossom in a sense of feeling like I can speak up. Yeah. I think that you said something really interesting. You said that, you know, one thing you said was that, you always felt uncomfortable playing small, you know, whether it was to get into a restaurant or wherever, it, you felt bad about playing small, you know, even if it was something as small as just saying I'm younger than I actually am. It's just like, but I'm not, you know, that's that internal dissonance, uh, that resistance that you feel to just the concept of being smaller than you actually are, which I think is interesting. And I think we should all kind of check in with that. Like, what are we doing on a normal basis that may afford us some type of comfort, but that doesn't feel right um, because it doesn't really represent who we are? And I think about that like code switching at your job. You know what code switching is? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So we're on the same page. But I mean, I even think about it with stuff like that. Like, are you playing a role that makes things more comfortable for you, but internally, 
you're creating more conflict inside of you because that's not actually who you are. Um, so you, when you said that, I thought that was very, very interesting. And then the other thing you said was that you practiced taking up more space. You practice this idea that I am enough to speak and to ask questions and to stop the class because I want to know more about this or that. And you practice mm -hmm. with something that you were comfortable in. You knew food and you were learning food. And so you started there and then just continued to to build out on that. And so I would I would challenge anybody listening to this. Um, if you are having issues feeling like you're enough, are having issues taking up space, because, you know, when I say taking up space, um, I guess I think if you are confident in who you are, you are, you feel better about taking up space. You feel more worthy about taking up space, um, especially when it's in professional environments, but but in, in personal environments as well. Um, and what you said was that you practiced on things that you were truly interested in. So you didn't just go out and start trying to, you know, be the man or something like that. Like there's something you cared about and you started to take up more and more space doing that because it was something you cared about, something that you were drawn to. And so um, I think about myself and I think about anybody else, like what is it that you're good at? You know, what is it that you truly are knowledgeable about? Take up more space doing that and then allow that borrow confidence from that area of your life and start doing that maybe at home more or maybe on your job more or maybe with your friends more and just start in spaces where you know you feel like it would be more accepted um i think i was the same way in in college i never i didn't really speak up or do anything you know and you know i worked a lot in college too so I was incredibly exhausted most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't want to be that. I was like the only black kid in class who's tired. Like, it's like, ah. But, you know, so you don't really want to take up space or draw attention to yourself. But I also know that um, that's, that's, that's really valuable. You know, just starting with things that you care about. Do you care enough about your kids to take up more space? Do you care enough about whatever it is your hobby is, whatever your gift is? Do you care enough about other people to learn to take up a little bit more space in maybe defense of them or maybe because, you know, you want to hold space for them? Like there are ways that we can help ourselves break out of that enoughness. And I think what you said about starting with things that you were passionate about is really, really interesting. And I never I mean, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, you just gotta start doing something. I get kind of extreme and like, you know. <laughs> Which could be good. Um, I think, I always think of like the loudest people in the room and like, they always come off either like a jerk or whatever it might be. <laughs> you know, the the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? The one that like yeah. the most, makes the most sound, of, whether they're yeah. deserving of it or not, will get the attention. And yeah. um, I know the moment that I felt like not because I deserved them, like now I can speak up and, you know, whether it be an opportunity or just like a, the ability to get what you need, you know, increases your chances dramatically. And I think people miss out on that sometimes. Mm. You said the ability to speak up increases your ability to get what you need. Mm -hmm. For like, whether it be like an opportunity or something bigger than, I don't know, even just like a something... I don't know, free and like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like specific situations that aren't always as, as serious, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like as life changing, but that's just gonna increase your chances overall. 
Yeah, just by just by speaking up and and operating as if, you know. I think there's there's an imposter syndrome that we we suffer with emotionally and then physically, you know. And I, what I've learned is that um, you know, imposter syndrome comes from somewhere. It's not just you just feeling like you're not. No, it's 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 based on something that has happened already. Um and so, you know, I think that challenges our enoughness is whatever happened in our past allowing that to continue to dictate how we live our future Mm -hmm. you know which which you know we wear on our sleeve and it tells us it's just like you said earlier you know we don't give it i think that's so great i gotta start doing that man you say give yourself a certain amount of time to feel some kind of way about this and then you just have to make a decision and move on Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't do that, man. I'm a thinker, bro. I will sit there and I will think and I'll write and you That's know. Also, yeah, power, powerful too. You know, you might get to an even deeper level of acceptance or understanding. That right. But that's that's dope, though, man. Yeah, I want to know how you all are doing with that. Like, which approach do you find more more helpful? Because, man, I think that's really great. You know, it saves you a lot of time trying to make decisions so what is the number one suggestion you would give you know our listeners or anybody who comes across this episode or even you know any of your staff about um reminding themselves that they are enough about reinforcing their own enoughness i would say that you know just there's so many conversations with like staff members of feeling like inadequate or like um, they're not able to attain this level of like service or like knowledge or and even in life like there's people older like you know hey how'd you get so far or whatever it might you know might be but I, I think people compare themselves obviously a lot you know like their path is very different and there's no way to catch up the time to like make someone feel better now like hey you might be 45 and you still want to let's say open your own restaurant there's still time but the in all things for me to like convince someone that they're enough you know take some time to kind of get to know where they're at and where they where they really want to be um there's a lot of things that like people are like i want to be a manager or whatever it might be i'm like do you really want to be a manager right i can hear what you're saying at the surface but it's going to take a little bit more of my time to engage with you to really get to the core of where you're where you really want to be um from a business side right um for just for, for like general life i would say that um when i think like of any sort of doubt in your head like there's there's a lot of mental exercises I think that you can you can take, like you said, like your method um, versus how I think. But I think at the end of the day is that what what's the worst news that you can receive right now? Um, I think I forget some mentor that I watch is like, let's say that someone gave you a call right now that like the person you love most passed away, right? Is the thing that you're struggling with matter as much as that? And then you like realize like it either neutralizes that thought in your head or like reprioritizes it in your head of what to worry about. So if someone called me and said, hey, Johnny, someone just called, your mom passed away. And I think of anything I was thinking in my head when I woke up that morning, I was worried about, and now it's gone, you know what I mean? Like you're, it washed it away. And it's a scary, more like, I would say like, tougher exercise to kind of imagine and put yourself in that mental scenario. But it's, you have to push your mind to these lengths because it is all about perspective. And if you don't, you know, you know the lens is always gonna focus and refocus on what you tell it to mentally and I'm just here to be razor sharp on what I need to accomplish for my family and my, my staff and people in the in the short term and long term and that's the, it's you know it's really hard to mentally be able to absorb all that 
Um, but I would say that's sort of like the advice I have is like, just imagine yourself in the worst mental situation that you think of and is today as bad. If it is, and that's, then you have to approach that uh, right, right now. You know? Right, <laughs> right. Otherwise you're probably just afraid of something that hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of it's temporary, you know what I mean? But it's like you said, you take a little bit longer on a thought or whatever it might be an emotion, and that, that, that's good. But as long as you're at least considering it and approaching it, I would say in a timely fashion, I think it's always it definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, because we can get stuck, man, in loops of behaviors and ideas about ourselves, and they last for years, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm and I've seen people. I'm sure you've seen people. It's just like, dude, you will never get out of this loop, bro. You have to address this. <laughs> and you people be doing really well on the surface too, you know, but they're still just in a loop. Mm-hmm. And even like a less serious form, you always have like that one friend who's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a big, I'm gonna start my let's I don't know welding business, and they've been saying they've been they're gonna do this, I'm gonna get certified in this, and like they keep saying it and saying it, and. I'm not going to hold them accountable to what they're saying. You know what I mean? It's up to yeah. them to face the reality and like, are you actually going to do it? Or are you going to keep saying that you're going to do it? And that's, yeah, I think, also like that enoughness, right? Are you really enough to like, you feel like you're enough to actually do what you're telling me you're going to do? Right. I won't, I won't be like, Hey, you haven't done it, man. You suck. But at the same time, it's like, I can help push you to the point, get to there if you want to. But I don't yeah. know. I think person, they're also like in a mental desert as well. It's like, Oh, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm like, well, whether your actions don't show or you just keep saying it, it doesn't put in the atmosphere unless you think it's going to be something that's attainable as well. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, some people are like addicted to preparation. You know, they, you don't you don't really want to launch it. You just want to prepare it for the rest <laughs> yeah. of your life. And, you know, and, and you develop a relationship with things, you know, with, with your process, with the work that you do, you know, and I create online products and things like that. And I'm constantly making mistakes. Like, but I think what you said earlier is you learn to analyze situations and move on from it faster because you're making faster mistakes. And so you just have to move on and figure out a solution faster because you're anticipating the next one popping up. And even if it's, you know what I mean? So you just expedite that process, you know? Um, I had a, an emailer issue and a scheduler issue. Like I only had one slot available to make appointments. I didn't know this for weeks. It was just like hundreds of dollars. I'm sure I missed out on like just wild, you know? But what do you do about that? You just gotta fix it and move on. Mm-hmm. Anything about it, you know? And using that worst day scenario in the grand scheme of things, just fix it. <laughs> Can't do anything about it at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, couple questions. Two more, and then uh, then we got to do a thought exercise. Okay. Uh, one of the questions was, do you do any entrepreneurship coaching? Have you thought? Uh, we, of that? We've been part of like a program with um, a couple other small groups where we like kind of help coach someone that might be interested in food here and there. Um, one thing that I hope to scale into is sort of doing like workshops and just like host it at the restaurant and be like, Hey, this is food costing 101. Like what, how do you charge for food in the food business? Like what is enough? Am I charging too little? Am I charging too much? Um, people kind of understand like the market value, a lot of like restaurants that charge, like, let's say a dollar for tacos in my head. I'm like, I really don't know how you can make a profit or pay your people. Are you like having to hit this price point to get any business? 
and the, the volumes there are you able to pay your bills at the end of the month kind of having more sustainable like expectations and i would say that's something i want to grow into because i think when you're in the ethnic food realm there's like a set in that um that food needs to be like super dirt cheap in a huge portion um but that's what we always like you know this, this rut because now people expect it to be this but you can't ever scale out of that you're always going to stay stay small you know what i mean there's not enough money to reinvest into either new equipment or a bigger space um so that's a huge one for me as far as like coaching goes but there's other like business theory and like morals and whatnot that i kind of want to get into as well and just kind of i don't know kind of host it and then kind of turn it into more of like a, a thought bubble or something like that where it's just yeah. like kind of like a mastermind like, group or something yeah and just be like whether you have experience or not it'd be kind of cool to see what people think like there's so many small business owners that don't have the attention that we have you know what i mean just because we're lucky enough to be where we're at but there's so many other restaurants different owners that won't be even like on a podcast like this like what what are you struggling with what what's the help that you think or don't realize that you could be doing a lot better at so I don't know. That's kind of like where I think I want to grow. I want to build more businesses, but I want to help build other businesses. You know what I mean? In the area where I might not financially benefit from, but I know that they will. And it's just going to help improve, you know, the work life for them and for their workers. So. Yeah. Which also builds a broader and more diverse um, entrepreneurship space, especially as it pertains to food and, and, and uh, hospitality in in Fort Wayne, you know, because just like you said, we don't have that many, you know, minority owned, not shouldn't say minority, um, people of color who own restaurants in downtown. Like, mm -hmm. I want to say, and, I, and I'm probably gonna mess this up, but what, there's like one, two, like you, Nawa, uh, Proximo, Hop mm -hmm. River, is that it? I think that I think that it. Who owns um, uh, Hoppy Gnome? Well, that's the same owner as Proximo, so it's James. He's also yeah another minority. So he's. I mean, he's as far as like independent restaurants go to have three stores and you know grow up and the same background that I did when he went to Harding High School and then you know just like kind of seeing what the ability is to grow to to scale to that degree is pretty awesome to see someone yeah. doing it. Degree, I think. Yeah. That's that's and and so I think there's a there's a conversation that needs to be had there. Uh, we have so many businesses, especially around downtown, and very very few of them are are owned and operated. Or um, and there's just not that much diversity downtown. And I know I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. I'm just I'm just observing. Yeah, I think it's just interesting. Um, and I wonder why that is. I'm not, I'm not saying it to like throw shots. I wonder why that is. Is there just some communication? Because you know how, man, sometimes it's just the taking up space. It's like, well, people don't know how to ask the question or they don't know how to extend an invitation or they don't know who to talk to to get something to happen. So yeah, um, I'd say like when you start to see a restaurant like, you know, Ruth's Chris come downtown and be in Fort Wayne, and a block away are you going to have like a smaller mom and pops it's very unlikely that the rent is going to be at any point that you're going to get a 899 meal you know what i mean you got technically don chavas is downtown you know they're on yeah. l street right there okay but yeah it's not in like the downtown of what people think of like three rivers festival downtown you know what i mean yeah so like i don't think if it wasn't for having that relationship with model group i don't think we would be downtown it uh I think you would have to have created your wealth 
like on the southeast side of town, south side of town, in order to have enough funds to build a restaurant downtown. I just think the capital is the biggest like limiting factor for someone to build downtown because if you're gonna, it's highly unlikely you're gonna buy a building downtown. You're most likely gonna lease, and the rent's gonna be now more of the premium price point versus like going up by Dupont because now even Dupont's really expensive. So I really think that's what it is: is the the startup money that you need to get there, right? Yeah. Um, and you have to be a proven entrepreneur, I think, to be an ind- independent restaurant and to make it downtown, I think. Because um, like if Bruce Chris, of course, they're going to get a huge space and they have the money and whatnot. That's what I think. That's my what I would say is my my theory, I guess. Yeah. It's just the, the bar, the barrier for entry is is too high for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs to, to get over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that like for us, we want to scale into what people would call like more of like the neighborhood of like where I grew up, you know, South, Southgate Plaza area, yeah, um, South that area. But then you have to have a restaurant that is, um, I think, going to be good for the community, right? A price point that people are going to be able to visit over and over again. And you can't outprice yourself, you know, and then yeah. you get to the point where like, oh, now are you gentrifying the space? I'm like, no, I'm from here. I'm just trying to create a, you know, a higher quality food now even, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. a different side of it. So that's where I have like sort of like the self-consciousness is like, well, you know, I want to feed like people I grew up with too, but then it's just yeah. like not, you know, we always get the thing, oh, this is not like, this is not real Mexican. I'm like, it is Mexican, but it's like, you know, it's, I'm Chicano. So it's like Cali Mexican of the yeah. flavors that we want. But then it's not what you expect as far as like Tex-Mex peppers, onions and stuff like that. I'm like, that's also maybe not really that Mexican, but you think that is Mexican. And it's just like in my head, I'm like battling back and forth. I'm like, hey, is this conversation even like worth having right now? It's like, uh, I'm just like, I'll let you define. This is the kind of stuff that I only speak of in my living room. <laughs> yeah, man. Before I engage publicly, so. Yeah, man. I think that's that's the trouble, right? Is 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 growing into something and then trying to carry something back. And then you receive so much critique, you know, and people try to 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 tell you you're not exactly who you are. And I think that can damage your eye, your your enoughness. It's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm the same person. Like I, I may have these businesses now, you know, but this is, this is the growth pattern that I want to be in. I want to make as much, you know, impact as I can. I want to help other entrepreneurs grow their food businesses. And I want to have a really dope spot on the South side where I grew up so that, you know, everybody can hang out and stuff like that there as well. And they don't have to come downtown if they don't want to, or maybe they just want to walk from their house. So, you know, a couple blocks and have a great meal and walk home, you know what I mean? So I think, I mean, I, People are going to say what they're going to say regardless, man. I mean, who cares? I would say that's actually the biggest enoughness that I think I struggle with, just being self-conscious about identifying with your people. And yeah. it's like your own people will pick you apart. Yes. And you know what I mean? And it's like, yes. it's, it's good, but it's also like, like, dang, you don't have to say all that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I had a conversation. This is off topic. Sorry, y'all. Not really. Um, I had a conversation with a guy. Uh, I want to say it was Monday and he was talking about well one he was he was you know giving me flowers right he was he was saying good things um but he was also there was a couple of jabs in there and I don't even know if he realized it you know he was drinking and so I was I, I was like okay you know maybe he doesn't realize this but I'm just like 
I feel like, you know, these compliments are a little edgy. <laughs> Maybe that's me over-exaggerating, but I think we as, as human beings, um, and then I'll put it this way. When you put yourself through a process that completely affirms your enoughness, you'll start to transcend the level of some of your peers. And once you do that, people start to look at you differently. It's not that you have changed. I mean, you have changed, but it's the fact that they are threatened or triggered by your knowledge of self because they haven't gotten there. And I think that's what you're running into too. You know, some people, they don't have as much confidence in themselves. And so when they see you walking around with all of your confidence and energy, it makes them feel some kind of way. And that's when they try to challenge how authentic you are. You're like, wait a minute, nobody cared about this when, you know, 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> now all of a sudden you got to vet my character. Okay. But I think like when you're a restaurant, like you're positioned to be critiqued, right? Like as a business, you're going to be rated, reviewed, yeah. whatever it is, right? But I can't go to every one of these people's house and have them cook me something and let me <laughs> tell you how good or exactly. bad it is, right? Exactly. So, like, you're on the receiving end all the time. So you have yeah. to have some like thick skin and tact and how you respond. And I mean, we've had people leave the restaurant because they're like, ah, this menu's in Spanish. I can't even read this menu. And they just walk out and I'm just like, what the heck? And I'm so, just like, well, are we, and it's like, are we not in dance? And I'm just like, dude, that's like, wild. Yeah, it's definitely a fun industry for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That wouldn't happen to you on the south side. <laughs> okay, oh, no. I'll leave that alone. Okay, um, <laughs> so let's get to a thought exercise because I was going to ask you where do you see yourself in the next five years, but I think you you talked about that. You wanted to open up more facil another facility that mm -hmm. um, is on the south side as well. Yeah, I would like to just grow wherever that might be. And because um, once you, you know, let's say someone in your company does really well and you hit a ceiling, the only thing to do is open another store. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great problem to have, man. Or losing to someone else, you know, it's either because they're going to grow with you or scale out. So, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So, um, Let's let's do this thought exercise, man. I'm very interested to hear um, your thought process, man. I think uh, so far throughout this interview, you know, you 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 display a measure of capacity um, that is really important, and I think all of us have capacity. We may not realize we do, but we do. You have the capacity to overcome whatever it is that you're facing um you just have to believe in it because if you don't believe you have the capacity well then by default you don't and you're enough for whatever it is that you're wanting to do because you already have the capacity for it if that makes sense mm -hmm. so i'm really excited to hear this thought exercise i'm going to give you just a quick second i'm going to talk about a program that i offer really quick and then we'll come right back to the thought exercise okay all Sounds right cool. So um, if you are an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe you own a business, 
um, or you have a skill or, or some kind of a trade that you are uh, working on or developing, um, I encourage you to start uh, your very own podcast. Podcasts are exploding at an exponential rate, and there are millions and millions of dollars being dumped into audio-only technologies. And I believe in my heart that is a really incredible space for you to be in where you can find new clients as well as serve your idea listeners who will identify with the service expertise um, or, or, or product that you provide. I've been podcasting for a while now and I've been an audio engineer for probably about the past seven years and I've been able to grow my podcast to where I make residual income off of my podcast each month and the services that I provide. And I am inviting you to um, watch this, this free case study um, where I talk about that process, where I talk about how I've been able to do what I'm doing and to make some money for myself as well. And I've created a lot more impact and income for myself. And I'm very, very blessed to be able to do that. And if at the end of that uh, case study where I will break these elements down for you, um, if you're still really interested and you wanna get on a call, uh, let, let's go ahead and schedule you a, a strategy session. Now, I'm not gonna sell you anything on this strategy session because honestly, I don't work uh, with a, a whole lot of people um, just because I really like to get some results. And, um, you know, my services are not cheap and they're not free. So um, if that is something that you're interested in, go ahead and check out that case study video. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes, and, but you can also just go to www.workwithkidboycooper.com and you can check out that case study video. Um, and if you want to get on a strategy session call, you don't, again, you can't buy anything. Um, but we can at least get you kind of clear on what you want to do and the direction you want to take with your podcast for your service so that you can create more impact and income. So again, that's work with Kibway Cooper at uh, com, And uh, I would love, love, love to talk to you about your perfect podcast. I think it is such a great way to serve people and help folks who, um, who need it and and we can do it for free and we can do it from one person to the next and really build uh, a relationship with each other through podcasting. So thank you so much for listening. And Johnny, are you ready for that thought exercise? Yeah, I'll say one thing that, um, so there's like a matrix, it's the high truth, you know, low truth, high grace, low grace. And I think of every interaction I have with like any human being, any, any employee, whatever it might be, right? This can be applied to like general life business. And you think of like where you average, every conversation you have, like, are you being extremely truthful and graceful? Because you can be extremely truthful, but not as graceful. And then you're just like a big jerk, right? Or let's say you have like that friend that is, um, let's say like, hey, do I look like crap today? And like, no, you look great, you look great. Knowing that you look disheveled, they're not really helping you get anywhere. You know, they're very low truth, but very high grace. You know, that is also an area that you don't really want to be in. So I think like the mental challenge is like, reflect on the day and the, the conversations that you had and like, where did you average? You know what I mean? Do you skew in the high truth, high grace? Because then I think if you are, then I think you're high impact, right? Your conversations are going to be better. They're going to be more thoughtful. You're you're going to be higher engaging to a higher degree with people. And I feel like um, that's a mental challenge. And that's where I feel like I challenge myself every day 
is like, do I just see my staff clock in, clock out? Am I engaging with them? Am I being truthful to them and graceful in how I provide feedback, whatever it is, on a regular basis? Same with their guests, same with my wife, whatever it is. And you really see where you skew. And I think that makes every day, not just another, you know, Thursday, like you start to realize, like, am I impacting these people or engaging to the degree that I think it needs to be able to process emotion and to give feedback the way it needs to be given? Wow, that is great. Ooh, high truth, high grace. Or high, wow, okay. That's really interesting. That provides a language for the way that we communicate with each other. Because I feel like that is the problem, right? You have people who will hype, 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 but there's really not any truth to it. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people who are honest but they're yeah. really just mean mm -hmm. you know what i mean and they almost get off on that kind of stuff you know just being yeah. you know and it's just like yeah you may be right but there's zero grace in there you know which mm -hmm. makes it more difficult to even receive mm, that's a really good one that's a really good one wow okay are you guys listening to this evaluate your conversations and, and ask yourself, are you being high truth, low grace, or low grace, high truth, or high grace and high truth? I think being high grace and high truth is the optimum way of communicating because truth doesn't mean someone else has to be destroyed. Honesty doesn't mean someone else has to be destroyed, you know? And neither does criticism. You know, you don't have to just tear people up when you criticize them. You know, like we get we get off on the on the on the Gordon Ramseys and the and the you know the Kevin Samuels and the you know all these people who are just wild with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's very interesting. And coming from somebody who works in the restaurant industry, which can get incredibly hectic and mm -hmm. very tense, I know. When I used to serve, man, there would be times, man, everybody would be cussing at each other and things would be going crazy. Yeah. So and that's where I think that um, I think COVID really shook things up and like what people expect from like are willing to put up with in a workplace and restaurants are notorious for crazy stuff happening in the back and cooks yelling at servers and whatnot. I can see why people don't want to work or want to return to this industry. You know what I mean? And I that's where like we're trying to be not just innovative in like food and branding or whatnot, but be innovative in like culture. And I think no one talks about that in a restaurant, like high truth, high grace, but I think people have really bought into it and it's made conversations that someone might sit on happen quicker, you know? So I think that being highly engaged and highly attentive to the emotions of staff, they're willing to tell you how they really feel versus having to hear from like another server or whatever it might be. And I just, I don't know, I hold them accountable to their emotions or they're throwing a fit on the floor or whatever it might be. Like, oh, I haven't been sad, this and that. And I'm like, I will hold you accountable to your emotions just the same way you can hold me accountable. And that neutralizes it. I'm just, I'm not just your boss or manager. Like, just as much as, like you said earlier, like someone can just fire you the next day, the staff members is like, they can quit the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I highly think that I bet on anyone take, you know, 
they're going to do what's best for themselves, right? And it most likely won't end up being within our store, but I'm not going to have that lack of trust or void for them. I'll let them decide that. So I will yeah. fully engage with them until they no longer want to engage and I'll leave that up to them. Um, and that's like, I value them, but I also, I, I value the opportunity that they can go do something else as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just having these serious conversations quicker and keeping that open, I think has really helped um, kind of maintain and groom the culture that we want. So the moment someone comes up and there's a, a, a I would say a frequency, so vibe that is off, it's gonna, you're gonna feel it sooner. And mm -hmm. staff can tell and like, you know, they hope hold their peers um, accountable as well a little bit quicker. And then the restaurant in a sense manages itself. Wow, because everybody is bought into the same mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, and you, it, it won't be perfect, but it definitely is like it's, it's. I don't know, people realize like, hey, this helps me feel better at the end of the shift. I can clock out and not have to carry this weight. I'm going to keep repeating this behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of what it comes down to, I feel. That's awesome, man. That's a really great way to put it. It's like, you know, I encourage you, but I also hold you accountable for the energy that you bring into the store. Whatever mm -hmm. it is that's bothering you, it's showing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's showing, you know, and it's coming out in the way that you're talking to everybody here and the guests. So mm -hmm. you may want to take a second reset because yeah. like you got some bad energy today. Mm -hmm. And like if they say like, Johnny, can I come in 30 minutes later? I need to gather myself. I'm going to say, yeah, you know what I mean? Because they had enough self-awareness to give us the heads up that they weren't ready. You know, that just happened other day with um, one of our greeters you know they're facing the guests every day like hey I can still come in but I just need a little bit extra time they didn't say like they were running late or like trying to make something up they're like you know what happened at home I need some more time to get there is that okay and I'm like of course like what do I gain from saying no you gotta be here at five like why is five sure is a standard that we, that we want but right. the standard is for you to feel good that's the priority standard absolutely and then, like, that's what changes everything mm -hmm. and then that's that's it I don't know people rules are good and you need it but we're always operating the gray you know that that's and that's why people get eaten alive from having to be in charge of people or like bigger teams than just themselves when you're responsible for a a huge team like that then it's just like it's it's you have to realize like hey how i'm stressed out because i haven't invested in these people yet i expect this outcome but i haven't invested in it and that's something that i learned is like you can't be hard on the, the person you gotta be hard on the standard and if the standard doesn't exist, then that's your fault. You know, that's. Ooh, that's, that's a bar, man. You said if the standard doesn't exist, that's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. That's leadership, man. Mm, that's great, man. Oh, that was a great thought exercise. I'm going to be thinking about this a lot just because I'm a communicator. And so I try to speak to people and, and, you know, a podcast obviously so it's interesting okay. to to uh provide a, a, a new framework around the kind of conversations that i have um because i do i don't i don't i just don't believe in tearing people up man i mean don't get me wrong we all fall victim to talking too much and being rude or something from time to time but i just don't I think don't it's know. necessary that's where like um, like the emotional equity thing comes to play a lot. It's like when you look at your staff, they all have like emotional deposits that you've invested in them, right? Some could get to like a negative balance and some are like have a really high balance as far as like your interactions with them. And when I talk to them about like, 
what investments have you made in the people next to you? They realize like, am I making withdrawals in these conversations or am I making deposits and engaging with my peers, whatever it might be. And that sort of like emotional equity and I don't, and it's in a, using mon in a term like money in a sense, monetizing that thought process is people can engage with the philosophy to a different degree now, right? I can talk to you know, a person that way about emotional equity, but I can also talk to someone that's, you know, 40 about emotional equity and thinking about those emotional deposits, whether it be a negative or positive contribution. And then like, how do you feel about this person? You feel very bad about this person. You know, what was, what created this negative balance with them? And it's been, um, I'd say like huge for us and like making sure that people realize that they can coach their teammates. It doesn't have to be yeah. me doing. Yeah. Ooh, man, that's, that's some next level stuff, man. That's some next level stuff. I think I think that's a really powerful um, frequency methodology to use. You know, it's the, yeah, a lot of young people always say, you know, good vibes. Are like, but vibe is a feeling, and it is a frequency, right? Yeah. And you can feel when something's off, and then like the hive mentality will like, all right, where's the problem? Let's figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, as long as everybody's on the same page, we can self-check each other so it never becomes a big thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's the standard, like you said, you know, we've created a standard of this type of energy. And we can also be transparent and hold each other accountable, you know? And it's okay. No, it's all high grace. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's a high grace environment. So it's not that you suck or whatever, it's just something's off with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just letting you know this because unless you're and maybe you're not aware, you know, something's a little off with you. And so I'm just letting you know because I care about you and I want you to have a good night. So, but as yeah, but if someone does suck, you also could tell them that they do, but gracefully as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Give them like a path or reason, you know, won't yeah. be as abrupt. But yeah, I think, I don't know, that's kind of like I would say is a good mental exercise and it definitely, definitely try it out. That's awesome. Thank you for that, man. Oh, you've given us a lot, man. Is there, um, for anybody who is in the Fort Wayne area who is interested in connecting with, with Johnny Perez and, and Marcadito and Mercado, can you tell us how we can find you, how they can interact with you, how they can send you a note and say thank you? Um, because the interview was awesome. Um, how, how, how do we get a hold of you, man? Yep. So, um, so if you want to reach out in a more, I don't know, professional way, you can just email me at um, Johnny at Mercado FW. That's dot com. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y at Mercado FW dot com. Um, you can DM us on Instagram at Mercadito or Mercado um, and get us engaged that way. But yeah, either way works. Awesome. Awesome. And make sure you check out the restaurant and the food truck, wherever you can find it. The restaurant is located on the landing in Fort Wayne, Indiana. If you are in Fort Wayne, Indiana, do yourself a favor and go down to Mercado on the landing. It is absolutely delicious and their staff is incredible. And they got great drinks too. If you're a drinker, there really are good some job. very, very great drinks. So um, Johnny, thank you so much for being here, man. Is there anything you wanted to, uh, you want to leave us with? No, I appreciate you reaching out and having this conversation. Definitely felt good having it. So awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, man. For anybody who's listening and for all of you amazing people, thank you so much for listening to Empower You Podcast. We will have another episode for you next week. And until then, I will talk to you a little later. Peace. 
Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.